Hello and welcome back to another episode of InCheck with Fintech, the PCN podcast series where we talk to industry experts about payments and fintech, from open banking to blockchain and much more. Enjoy listening. Thank you very much for joining the podcast, Eduardo. It's uh, really great to have you on the first iteration of um, this kind of topic that I am the host for. Um, my aim on the podcast is to invite co-founders, C-level executives that are uh, driving innovation in the climate tech space. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, this is a topic that I've been interested in since university when I was researching sustainability in the travel industry. Um, and before we start, um, I would like to know a little bit more about your journey. How did you start at Climate Trade and uh, what's your interest in, uh, in, in this subject? <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you, Bogdan. Uh, so I'm, I'm Eduardo. I'm the head of product and technology at uh, Climate Trade. I started at the beginning of uh, 2022 uh, on March. And uh, before I was on the travel industry. So, I mean, we, <laughs> we, you, you were researching the sustainability of the travel industry i was uh, working on on an online travel agency on uh, lastminute.com i think i can say it and uh, and then i started uh, or i decided to to change uh, to this opportunity to to a company uh, that is trying to make a, an impact on on the planet a positive impact i know travel is fine and i i I don't think it's anything wrong with travel. I think it's mm -hmm. very good. Many people are happy to to travel and they are amazing experiences and it's fine. But I really decided after 15 years on the travel industry to to change a little bit, uh, to to move to an emerging company like we are and, and try to see if we can uh, change a little bit the world for best, no? for better. So... <laughs> It's, it's just a, a very interesting journey. Yeah? It's a very new for me. It's not only new on, on the market, even though I'm mm -hmm. already uh, eight months uh, already on the on the sustainability sector, but also mm -hmm. working in, in a smaller company uh, with uh, with very let's say agile concept, uh, a lot of changes, a lot of work to do also. <laughs> but, but, but it's very, very exciting, I would say. Challenging and exciting and rewarding. So, Of course, yeah. Sustainability has definitely been a topic that's been discussed more and more lately, also from a, let's say, corporate perspective, but also from a demand customer perspective. So after... I would say 15 years in travel, um, you've just started a climate trade, but what is in your view sustainability? Yeah, sustainability, sustainability is uh, an abstract question, no? Uh, so what, what is sustainability? For me, the key point is the sustainable activities, no? What is a sustainable activities? Uh, for me, I would say there are like two criterias. So one is that they do not consume limited resources, so they are not it's not an activity that it will end up because we will finish it and we will we will finish on the on the resources we have or they are activities that do not generate a negative impact a negative impact uh, mainly on on the planet or on the climate no? so if we take the example of a fossil fuel burning they are not sustainable mm -hmm. they are not sustainable in the both aspects because they are consuming unlimited resources we know there are limited uh, fossil fuels in the planet and and it's not like a huge amount it's like i don't know 50 years or something with the with the current uh, ratio of uh, of production no um 
and they both and they also have a negative impact in in the planet by by the uh, emission of co2 no so they, they are contributing to the to the global warming of, of the planet so in this case fossil fuel is an example of a not sustainable uh, activity then it's not black or white there are a lot of grays there are activities that are more sustainable than others and uh, we should move towards a more and more sustainable but it's not like yes or no uh, in my opinion it's not the yes or no uh, answer uh, to uh, if an activity is sustainable or not it's unsustainable more or less than other activities so uh, in order to understand how sustainable an activity is, the first thing we need to know is is the impact these activities generate. No, so and and this is where, on regards to CO2, on regards to to the emissions, uh, it comes the GHG protocol, so greenhouse gas uh, protocol. So mm -hmm. that is defining the framework to understand the impact of the activities no and 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 the in, the impact of the activities of an organization the impact of the activities of uh, creating or acquiring a product etc etc and it defines basically three levels because again we are in a high level very abstract definition so yeah. it's uh, three levels three scopes uh, scope one which is called direct emission so by the activity you are actually generating uh, uh, some CO2 emissions or, or GHG uh, emissions. This would be considered scope one. For example, if you are uh, have a steel industry and you are burning coal uh, to to generate the steel, this is uh, scope one. No, in, in this case. Yes. Then we have a scope two, which is indirect emissions uh, by uh, but the usage of the of the activity. No, in this case. Electricity. This is mostly about electricity. So uh, the scope two is the uh, emissions generated uh, to produce the electricity you are consuming. So if I again, if I have um, an organization that I have an office and I have the lights on, the computers, uh, etc., they are using electricity that has been generated in a way. It's yeah. usually an energetic mix that it will be, I don't know, 30% renewable, 20% gas, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And this has uh, a CO2 uh, emissions ratio per, per megawatt hour. No? Mm -hmm. And then we have a scope three, which is probably the more abstract uh, <laughs> scope that we have uh, because it's related to uh, indirect emissions. Mm -hmm. But uncontrolled by the activity so mainly suppliers customers using a product the employees of a company where they are going to the to the work for the ones that go to the office etc uh, uh, etc et no? so these are uh, the scope three uh, emissions which is which are the most challenging to to measure no but to manage. With, mm -hmm. with these three scopes i i think we can we can understand the the impact of of an activity, the impact of uh, an organization, which at the end is a set of activities and so on. Mm. And then we can understand if it's a sustainable or not, uh, or, or, or it's not sustainable activity. Yes, yeah, so it seems that this framework is pretty well structured and defined from a company perspective. Um, sometimes I'm I'm always thinking 
we have so much access to information. And then I go to the store and I want to buy an avocado or I want to buy, I want to buy a, a certain product. Um, and then you go online and you find out, oh my God, there's a war on avocados in South America. Maybe I should buy less of that. And so this is how I see sustainability being a part of my daily life, but I do not have a framework or a structure to manage that. Um, in what regards do you see sustainability becoming a part of our everyday lives and how can we manage this maybe in an easier way? <clears throat> yeah, I think, uh, as you say, probably the, we, we have several kinds of problems on our everyday life. Uh, uh, I mean, sustainability is already part of our lives. I mean, mm. we see it. It's not only about the information that you mentioned, that we mm. have the, I don't know, the origin of the food uh, uh, that we are acquiring. We have uh, the energy rating of our refrigerator mm -hmm. if we want to, to acquire, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but we do it on, on every activities that, that we do in our daily life. No, I mean, we, we do recycling, and, mm -hmm. and this is a, a actually a very sustainable activity. So we are uh, creating or uh, making activities of uh, consuming, I don't know, our uh, cans, our uh, Coca-Cola drinks, etc., mm -hmm. more yeah. sustainable uh, rather than throwing out in the, in the street the cans, no? <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, we are missing somehow uh, structural information or information that is understandable. No, we see many products, for example, now even more and more because it, this is a, a quite a, a, an ongoing trend of claiming to be I don't know net zero emissions product or a new carbon neutral uh, products, etc. And we really need to probably go deeper. Maybe not as an individuals because we cannot hope that everybody will understand all the the aspects, but uh, on the regulatory uh, aspects, on on the governments, on on the regulatory, on the especially on, on the European Union, to ask for some justifications, to ask for some proofs of uh, the products that are actually claiming to be net zero, claiming to be carbon neutral. And that passes by uh, auditing uh, of a mm -hmm. third party saying, okay, you are claiming to be net zero, to offer a net zero product. Okay, how did you measure the impact? How do you are, how are you reducing the, the impact and, and which is your plan and how you are offsetting no? the, 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 the kind of uh, emissions that you cannot avoid? Mm -hmm. in this case. So, so that that's why why it's um, important that there are, let's say, third party uh, validators mm -hmm. or some regulatory constraints and and requirements, uh, basically to to ensure that you are uh, receiving rightful information and it's not a fake advertising, you know. Yeah, have you seen actually the demand from? customers or so direct consumers increase for sustainable options? Are people looking into if companies are audited by three parties and are they evaluating their choices more and more? Yeah, I think uh, the increasing demand of sustainability, it's uh, it can be classified into aspects. One is for information. That's mm -hmm. the basic, uh, which is what you were mentioning. I want to yeah. I want to know if the product, if the service that I'm acquiring, uh, which is the impact on regards to sustainability. No, mm -hmm. and then once you know the impact, then you you want options. 
Like, yeah. uh, okay, I want to buy, uh, I don't know, a refrigerator. I want to have sustainable options. It's not like, okay, this is the impact, but you don't have any kind of choice, no? And this is what it is, and, and you have to to take it. Now, the co uh, consumers want more and more sustainable, uh, the, the possibility of, of having or acquiring sustainable options, no? It's not only market studies that we we've seen etc uh, etc et we we do have uh, examples with some uh, partners we work uh, with um, where we introduce the possibility to offer a sustainable options mm -hmm. sometimes sometimes it's mandatory sometimes it's optional for for the customers but even when when it's mandatory we, we've seen uh, increasing conversion rate which is uh, basically the proof of uh, of the yeah. uh, customer satisfaction let's say or customer uh, wanting to to have this kind of products no and not only customers because we are here speaking uh, much about end customers, but uh, this is a growing trend also on the corporate and, and financial uh, world. No, we've seen this on investors, mm -hmm. where investors want to decide where to invest, and sustainability starts to become a decision factor. Um, there are many investment funds, etc., which have some mm -hmm. some uh, targets of, of investments, of green investments, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But also on partnership, on corporate partnership. I mean, we we spoke about scope three. Mm -hmm. if, yeah. if we you have a company, a big company that is worried about scope three, uh, all your supply chain, all your uh, commercial partnerships, you will be demanding. Uh, sustainability information and a sustainability strategy uh, so you get your own scope 3 improved no uh, mm -hmm. if i if i hire a, a supplier i want the supplier to worry about sustainability so my scope 3 uh, it's it's improved by them improving their their sustainability targets no so uh, it's a growing let's mm -hmm. say growing demand in all aspects so end customers commercial partnerships and also investments no? And I believe this is what climate trade aims to tap into, so to say, um, because I was reading uh, the website and it's a climate marketplace. And this is a term that I haven't heard as much before. So I'm really curious about what that means and how it can help companies and consumers maybe indirectly. <clears throat> yeah, I mean... Uh... On, on climate marketplace, we have another another part, which is the the API. But on the climate marketplace, mm -hmm. uh, which is um, oriented to the end consumers, to the companies, etc., you you we try to help um, people. We have we try to help uh, small and medium businesses or even big corporates. But we even have a consulting part for for big companies. Um, on on an, uh, what is called a sustainability strategy. So the sustainability strategy has mainly three pillars. Three pillars that are, uh, first of all, you need to know your impact. You need to measure and know your impact. And, and there we have a set of calculators, we have a, a, a set of tools where a company, but also a person, uh, can can uh, understand the impact of the of their organization or the impact of the lifestyle no for example which is your um, uh, nutrition type are you uh, vegetarian are you vegan there are studies where this kind of uh, lifestyle uh, has a lesser footprint than uh, other other type of diet no do you have a car 
know yes how many kilometers do you have the, uh, with the car are you going on holidays where are you going on holidays are you taking trips etc so these kind of questions this kind of survey help us to understand on average which would be the footprint of an, of an end customer for our organization is the same how many offices do you have how many employees are your employees traveling by business if they are traveling are they traveling by train are they traveling by flight so we have a, a certain let's say, tools that you can use to understand the, your footprint. No? And then one, once you have your, the footprint, once you know your impact, you mm -hmm. can do, let's say, two things. Well, you should do two things, actually. It's yeah. not one or the other. No, you, you actually need to do that. The first one is to reduce the emissions. Mm -hmm. uh, by knowing the impact and the impact of the specific emissions, you can understand how to reduce them. So, for example, you have a lot of, I don't know, travel, uh, business yeah. travel, maybe you can shift some business travel from flight to train, and this will reduce your, your scope three emissions. No, yeah. We have options on the climate marketplace to acquire renewable energy. So you can actually, uh, on, on the scope two, uh, uh, you can reduce your, your scope two by moving, uh, let's say, standard electricity towards renewable energy, no? and, and what is called uh, renewable energy certificates, no? Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, then whatever you cannot reduce, you can offset it. I mean, you can you can compensate no the the emissions by investing on a project that will actually capture or or uh, remove uh, carbon from the atmosphere. And this is also where our marketplace uh, can help you can mm -hmm. can help uh, find the uh, right project where you want to to invest when where you want to offset i mean there are multiple types and, mm -hmm. and kinds of uh, of offsetting projects that you can find in in our marketplace no so um this is how our climate marketplace can help uh, people can help companies towards a sustainable strategy we do it uh, with what we call transparency and traceability by design because we are okay. mm -hmm. we are using uh, blockchain technology where yes. we record all our transactions because uh, we believe that the one of the roles of the marketplace is to provide trust and, and mm. to provide transparency and and somehow this this kind of offsetting uh, market is a little bit abstract no, mm -hmm. of, mm -hmm. you are investing into a project that maybe is on um, Brazil, no, uh, that is preventing, the, let's say, the Amazonia to to be burned uh, in yeah. this case. So uh, you need to be sure that the money that you are actually putting is going directly to to this project and it's not, let's say, removed uh, or lost by intermediaries or it's not a scam, etc., uh, etc. Et so we are. Uh, in the marketplace, putting this kind of uh, trust, transparency, and traceability, we we do due diligence of our of the projects that are uploaded into the marketplace. There are only projects in official registries where there is no double counting, so you cannot sell the same, let's say, ton <laughs> of CO2 to multiple uh, people, etc., etc. Et so this is where the marketplace is really uh, adding value uh, towards, I don't know, a more traditional mm -hmm. broker uh, <laughs> concept, no? Well, and also trying to give it to everybody, no? To, to make it access to, to everybody, because the, the voluntary carbon market was 
uh, I don't know, few years ago, only for some specific corporates that were really on into the into the upsetting. And we see more and more uh, the companies worrying about this, and more and more companies using this kind of uh, uh, tool and this kind of the voluntary market uh, to complement their sustainability strategy. Yes, that's it's that, that's very interesting because indeed, to me, offsetting was still a bit of an abstract concept. Um, and I think the problem there is indeed traceability. So I find it very interesting that blockchain technology um, helps with traceability. And I think this is a very innovative solution, in my opinion. So I want to stay on the subject a little bit. Um, climate trade is offering traceability to companies. So um, every transaction that's happening on the marketplace is then being traced on the blockchain, correct? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, for mm -hmm. every transaction, um, uh, so let's say you want to offset, I don't know, 10 tons of CO2, which is your mm -hmm. annual uh, footprint, which is more yeah. or less the average uh, footprint of, a, of an individual uh, during a year, no? around 10 tons. So you want, to, mm -hmm. you want to offset it. Um, so you go to our marketplace, you choose a project, say, hey, look, Mm -hmm. I, I I have a uh, I, I was on this this summer in India on holidays and really want to invest there because I don't know this project is uh, upsetting my 10 CO2s but it's also helping the the people there to to have a sustainable way of living and and is fighting against um, poor etc etc no we have also the projects are um, typified with the uh, sustainable development goals uh, by mm -hmm. United Nations, so you are able SDGs, to understand yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, the SDGs, so you are able to understand the impact or other kinds of impact. No, so okay, you decide to 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 put your uh, ten uh, to offset your ten tons in that project, which is I don't know five dollars. So you are going to spend fifty dollars. I mean, we are not uh, talking about a huge amount of money. You are going <laughs> to spend fifty dollars to offset your individual footprint uh, on that project. So you want to be sure mm -hmm. that your money is going to go to that project. So basically what market uh, climate trade does say okay, you pay your fifty dollars. Mm -hmm. We will give you a certificate with the uh, with what we call a blockchain certificate, a certificate that you have offset at this 50, 50, this 10 tons of CO2. And it has a link to our uh, blockchain where you mm -hmm. can see the transaction saying, okay, this is the CO2 that has been offset. This is the amount of money that is going to the project. This is the amount of money that is uh, uh, taking climate trade as a marketplace fee. No? So, so you have it clear. We, we we put it there. Also our fees, so it's really mm -hmm. uh, transparent, uh, because we think uh, we believe that transparency is key on, yeah. on, on this, and and transparency will bring trust. You no, know? you really need to to trust that the money is going to to the project developer. On the other side, we work with the project developer, saying, "Hey, you got this." I don't know, out of the $50, maybe we get the $5 fee and they get $45. Everything is mm -hmm. clear on the website. <laughs> so we don't, we don't, we don't hide and we don't hide anything. So this $45. So we tell these, these project developers here, Bogdan has uh, wanted to offset 10 um, tons of CO2. 
Yeah. They, they go to the registry because all the uh, ten, uh, all the tons of CO2, all the credits that they are called, are holded in a registry, and they retire these ten to ten tons and uh, on on your on your behalf. So it will be nominative, and they upload the certificate from the registry into the marketplace. Only when they do that, we transfer the money to the to the project developer. So we are holding, uh-huh. saying as a trust guarantee, saying mm-hmm. you need to retire. You cannot sell twice. You need to give us a retirement certificate on the registry to the name of the person or the customer that's actually retiring the, the credits. So we are acting as a trust uh, holder <laughs> or a guarantee between the transaction between the customer and the and the project developers. So that's also in this case, it's a little bit like you no know, Airbnb in this case, where mm-hmm. from from the host and the and the people that wants to to rent a, a house. No, it's Airbnb that is actually putting this kind of trust. We are doing the same on the on the climate uh, market. Indeed, I see. See, there's this combination between strategy, let's say definition, um, impact measurement, and then reduction and offsetting. Um, how does the uh, Climate Trade API come into place? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, our API. Uh, I mean, we mentioned about the marketplace. You can go there, offset your activities, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But there is an increase in demand. We spoke about the need of having information of every product, every service that an end customer acquires. No. Yes. And this is where the API comes into play. Our API is meant for companies to offer to their own customer customers uh, carbon footprint information and and the possibility to offset. Uh, every uh, the footprint of every product they are offering. No? So um, this is where our API uh, plays the role. Uh, as a, any company that is offering a product, I don't know, maybe you have a shoe uh, shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an API to calculate the footprint of, um, I don't know, sh- shoes or the delivery or whatever you want to, to calculate. And you can inform your customers. So every time a, a customer goes into your shop, you uh, you make a question to the API. Uh, we provide you the information of the footprint of that specific uh, order or delivery. And then we also have, through the API, the possibility to offset. So... Um, you can also uh, offer to your customer the possibility to, hey, do you want to make this shipment or this delivery uh, carbon neutral for 30 cents? Yes, no. If they click yes, you, you are actually able to offset the this specific product, this specific delivery uh, through the API. No? So we are trying to make this kind of network ef- effect no mm-hmm. of, uh, on the on where, where i think technology is very very important um where all the companies are actually offering uh, carbon footprint information and sustainability option on every service they are offering no? so it doesn't matter if you have a shoe shop if you are uh, offering uh, payments if you are offering uh, i don't know uh, whatever mm-hmm. insurances travel trips um, whatever you want uh, you we can potentially calculate the footprint and then uh, allow you to to offset that product no? so you can really offer carbon neutral uh, products in this case 
So what is the impact of payment or fintech companies in this case from, from your experience? Um, it seems like payments is something that's just online and maybe impact comes from, let's say, company costs, maybe um, maybe offices or something like that. But it's, uh, I think, an interesting subject to look on how the financial industry can can help with impact reduction and um, net zero in the future. Indeed, indeed. I mean, mm -hmm. we have the concept of a scope three, so we, we need to understand if the um, footprint of the uh, customers that are acquiring a specific product, it can be considered scope three of the financial uh, or the payment uh, companies that are actually facilitating the transaction of that product and service. Uh, but at the end, fintech banking or in general money mm -hmm. is, uh, is part of most of our activities i mean <laughs> indeed <laughs> so whether we want it or not but it's actually part of our activity so so this this industry has um, a great opportunity to to gather information about the footprint of the transactions and to offer to offset them uh, to their customers no so um and, and actually, they would be reducing their, their scope three, uh, by the way. Mm -hmm. So um, we, we do have an example of a bank in, in Spain. We work with a bank in Spain that on the banking app, they are uh, checking all the credit card transactions, calculating the footprint, and offering their customers to offset it. How can you say, hey, but how can I calculate the footprint? Because uh, the transactions usually has a, a type. In the, in the case of a credit card transactions, it's called a merchant category code. So you are able mm -hmm. to understand where your customer is spending the money. Once you know where the customer is spending the money, there are studies that correlate the amount of money spent with the footprint uh, generated by, by acquiring that specific product. No? So it's not um, high accurate, in terms of okay, I'm I'm spending I don't know, fifty dollars on food, on a grocery store. Okay, I will know that more or less, your footprint is around I don't know ten kilos. I'm just making making up the numbers. No? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, obviously, it depends on what you are actually spending, uh, what you are actually acquiring. But there is a mm. good it's a good approximation. We we should not. Uh, I would say uh, enter into in software development is called analysis paralysis. No, in terms <laughs> of, okay, because we are not able to understand the exact footprint of a specific product, we will not do anything. No, I mean we can do. We are always working. Again, it's very hard to measure very, uh, uh, very strictly the the emissions, mm -hmm. but we are going more and more into more accurate estimations. The more information we have, the better, for sure. So, for example, mm -hmm. if you have a, I don't know, a, a merchant category code that is car rental, and you know that you are going to spend $200 on car rental, hey, you know more or less the amount of days, maybe are going to, you are going to stay three, four days on car rental, average uh, kilometers will be 50, 60, 70. So, you are able to to understand the the footprint of uh, of this transaction so so with this information we are we 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 have the the footprint and then we are 
offering the the customers the possibility to to offset it. No, so this is what we are doing with with a, a bank in 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 Spain. Uh, it, ha- it had good traction. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe imagine that you own PayPal, <laughs> and you, of course you are very rich. But uh, <laughs> but on every transaction that every let's say, uh, company and e-commerce that has integrated PayPal, PayPal is able to understand the footprint and offer to the end customer the possibility to to offset it. The reach that these uh, payment companies have yeah. is, is amazing, no? Because insane, yeah. mm-hmm. by just having only PayPal integrated or only PayPal offering this option, you are reaching hundreds of thousands of uh, shops Mm-hmm. That uh, you are actually uh, proposing the 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 food informing about the footprint and proposing to to offset it. So that's why it's very very uh, interesting the the fintech uh, the payment etc. We saw also that there are investors that are demanding this kind of information, which is mm-hmm. another line of evolutions uh, towards the fintech. If you are able to provide this information to investors, there will be more and more. And on generating this kind of a snowball uh, effect, that uh, more and more investors will be demanding this kind of information. So uh, uh, we, we move together, no, and we move faster towards mm-hmm. uh, a solution on on the carbon uh, or the global warming problem, no. Towards the goal, yeah. But going back to to blockchain, um, of course, traceability on the blockchain is, I think, one of the main, let's say, USPs and features that can be used in this case. Um, and yeah, with the risk of going a little bit towards impactception, um, I was wondering how impacts of using blockchain to trace for traceability and using, for example, um, different APIs that are integrated um, is or what their impact is as well. And if that's measured in itself. Yeah, yeah, we we actually choose our partner on blockchain very carefully. Uh, we are mm-hmm. using Algorand, which is uh, on regards to blockchain technology, uh, one of the uh, cleanest still. There has mm. some some uh, footprint, and, of and course. we are mm. working always with with uh, in the case with Algorand to to offset the footprint of the of the network. Uh, yes. But this is the kind of uh, election that is that every company, every customer is demanding more and more. No, so there are like. Uh, a big amount of uh, blockchain networks there mm. that you can you can select. There are many factors. I don't know price easiness of integration, etc. But sustainability should be also also a factor to to decide. And we choose uh, Algorand to because because of this. One one of the main reasons is is because of the let's say sustainability. Because mm-hmm. it's not only offsetting; it's also about reduction. And if yeah. you uh, optimize uh, in this case the the all the verification. Processes on the algorithms on on the proof of stake, etc. Of blockchain technology, uh, the less computation you need, the more uh, optimal it is. The better it will be on regards to to climate. No, so if you need less and less processing power, so if you optimize your algorithm, you are mm-hmm. also helping uh your uh, pocket because you will spend less money but also yeah. uh you are also uh, helping on on climate no because we will be consuming less energy and we will reduce in our footprint 
So, so this is one of the, the reasons we we choose to say blockchain, and we are mm. we are also always uh, looking at the footprint of our own organization. Let's say you need to lead by example, and yes, and uh, we we are quite a remote working company, but do, yes. we do have an office, so we measure mm-hmm. the the footprint of the office. Uh, we are uh, we have our network on AWS or our platform this cloud, but we also uh, measure the footprint of our own operations and and try mm-hmm. to I try to optimize, reduce. And then what they cannot be reduced, we we offset it. <laughs> yes, that's uh, that's great. And uh, um, what you also mentioned, and it's interesting to me, is remote working. Um, in my view, and also you know working in recruitment, consulting on recruitment, and let's say work culture. Um, this is first of all, remote working is very attractive to employees, to to future employees, but it's also good for footprint reduction, um, also reducing costs. Um, how do you see this trend? Um, in which direction do you see this trend going? I mean, there's voices, um, for example, Elon Musk, I know is not a supporter <laughs> of remote work. Um, and, 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 and what do you see? Um, do you see it as negative? Do you see it as positive? Where do you see sort of the future of work going in this sense? Yeah, I think Elon Musk said his favor of uh, remote working only after you actually work it on the office. So uh, <laughs> it's a, probably yeah. a different kind of remote working. No, yeah. I, I I see it a positive trend, especially <laughs> on technology. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I think technology is a very suitable industry uh, for for remote working. Um it is true that with the pandemic, we moved f- forcefully on, on to remote work in many, many companies that were not prepared. And we saw a, a huge increase, for example, on the value of uh, the companies that were actually providing tools for remote working, like, you know, Zoom, Slack, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, now, I think some companies are a little bit stepping back because mm-hmm. uh, they feel I don't know, probably two or three things, like lack of control, which is mm. basically a, a smell of a problem in the processes there of the company. But, uh, yeah. but probably some others with a more rightful uh, concern are around the social networking within the company and mm-hmm. the company culture, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And um, the other one is around creativity. So to to have mm, joint creativity uh, that is uh, searching more in, in meetings, et cetera, et cetera. So I think remote working, it will stay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think it will become more and more I would say, in terms of uh, percentage of, of people that are actually allowed or can work remotely, even fully. And then we will see also tools uh, or processes within the companies trying to mitigate the the flows on uh, social networking or on uh, creativity. No? I mean, we are seeing more and more tools that are trying to help uh, online working, online creativity. I use... Miro, for example, mm, or yeah. uh, other other um, uh, tools that are actually meant to to try to keep on the creativity uh, while still being on on remote working. And then on social uh, networking, there will be more and more probably 
team building activities, uh, yes. etc., etc. No, so you are really feeling part of the of the company, part of the of the company culture. No, but remote working again has so much benefits that these these things it, it will not be a problem on creating or being on remote working. But we will uh, we as as a as the world, let's say, <laughs> we, we will be uh, working towards mitigation of the problems of the remote working instead of removing the remote working, which, uh, yeah. I mean, some people like Elon Musk seems to, to do. <laughs> <laughs> and indeed, <laughs> like, like you said at the beginning, I also see the problem is not black and white. There's yeah, sort of exactly. areas in between, so it's not necessarily about, uh, yes, remote work or not remote work, but actually finding a balance and a combination between them. You uh, remote work whenever you want, you go to the office whenever you want. That's, that's for mm. me, the, probably the, the winner uh, in yeah, that case yeah. so you can you can let's say the utopia have, <laughs> you, you, you yeah you speak with your team or with people to have creativity sessions uh, mm. in some place or something building etc so this kind of flexibility i think uh, for for the people is is really rewarding but it's also really motivating so we will get much more better <laughs> results with flex working Yes, indeed. Um, I want to continue about how technology can support, um, going back on the subject, how technology can actually support um, the road to net zero that many countries and companies have, um, well, um, committed to. And in, in what regards do you see technology innovating in this space? <clears throat> Well, it's hard to forecast uh, innovation, <laughs> no? Uh, I mean, I think technology, we know technology is a huge accelerator. Mm. We, we, we know the, the concept of network effect. We, we, we know the concept of snowball effect, etc. So I think technology will help bring sustainability uh, to every house, let's say. Mm -hmm. uh, it will help to solve the problems that are uh, arising towards um, uh, on sustainability, the problems of trust, like uh, like we we try to solve on regards to the voluntary market, but uh, it, it will more and more put sustainability on every decision or every service, every activity that, that we do. This more on, let's say, IT technology, information technology. Of course, we will see in the future about, you know, uh, green hydrogen, which is very mm. promising to, to replace some, especially mobility uh, challenges uh, on ships, on airplanes, which are still, uh, let's say, problems to, to be solved. Mm -hmm. um, I think there will be technology around uh, the monitoring, uh, reporting and validation, uh, digital reporting and uh, digital monitoring, reporting and, and validation on the emissions that we are emitting, uh, the emissions that we are offsetting, reducing, etc. So we are getting more and more accurate information about the emissions. Again, I, I was... Uh, highlighting before the problems of calculating the footprint, we should not have analysis paralysis, but we should still work towards a more accurate uh, measurement. No, So I think the technology, uh, IoT, for example, mm -hmm. will, will help a lot on, on this kind of uh, uh, problems. No, or, or I believe that 
technology uh, should be used to to solve people's problem and <laughs> and i think that th this is one of the problems where technology can can help a, a lot no then we will see technology i think we will see technology i think we will see that's too much <laughs> i think we will see technology yeah, yeah. helping also in other sustainability aspects we are really focused on on uh, ghg on greenhouse gas um, and global warming problem but there mm. are other sustainable problems uh, we have plastic as mm. uh, so one of the i would say not emerging in this case already consolidated problem plastic in mm. the oceans etc uh, etc et we have biodiversity as uh, something that we should keep uh, within the world as a part of our uh, wealth um, part of our richness uh, we have water as another mm -hmm. uh, probably emerging problem, especially with global warming, we will see more and more droughts and uh, problems to access uh, water. So I think technology uh, can help uh, towards mitigating and solving this this kind of problems by m many means. I don't know if it could be by directing funding to to some projects that are actually helping on on the water or on the plastic problems or by any kind of other solutions that you cannot even imagine now even imagine until now no but I'm, i'm optimistic i'm optimistic mm -hmm. because uh, what we know on the past years is that technology can go really fast so so that's what we are uh very very optimistic and and uh, thinking positive on on solving uh, some of the major challenges we we've had in in the last years no in the in the world so indeed and so related to that um and going towards the end of our meeting as well uh, what's next for climate trade um where is the company going in the future <laughs> well we, we still have a lot of work we are we're say starting on providing mm -hmm. both the people on the marketplace the tools to understand their impact the footprint and also the possibilities to reduce and, and offset we are working also on the on the api uh, we are saying that we can calculate for example a, a lot of things trips hotels <laughs> Credit card transactions and delivery. We can, but there are many other things that we still have to to calculate, and and we want to work with the companies and see also the companies' needs uh, in order to facilitate this to their own customers. So we will be also evolving the API. But we are a climate marketplace, or we aim to be a climate marketplace, not just offsetting, not carbon credits. So we do have uh, renewable renewable energy certificates. Mm -hmm. uh, this is something that we will be evolving. We have other kind of projects, contribution projects, but our goal is to provide uh, a place where you can find the solutions for any climate challenge. No, So the more challenges that will be there, if there is something on plastic, we will try to offer a solution on plastic. If there is something on biodiversity, uh, we will try to offer uh, anyone that is interested a solution or a tool to help on the um, biodiversity. So this is where uh, climate trade is going. No, we, we want to be a sort of the the Amazon of climate. No, <laughs> <laughs> just just to be a, li a little bit ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> no, very good, very good. How do you do the research on where the problems are? Those insights from your customers, from your clients, or do you have a research team in place? Yeah, we have. I would say three 
three levels. No? I mean, so mm -hmm. we have our UX and trying to to understand the end customer uh, needs. Uh, yeah. with, with also UX and, and, and marketing in this case uh, through market studies, through tools, I don't know, even with our own platforms, no? like Hotjar and, and every kind of uh, normal measurements. We have uh, a lot of feedback from our companies because our, our sales teams and our uh, account management teams, uh, customer success teams uh, work very closely to help the companies. It's just not providing a, self, a, a, a service. We want to um, help. We want to guide. We want to to go the path with the with the company because it's a learning path for many companies. They do not know what is sustainability. They do not know uh, what is the carbon footprint. And we need to guide and and uh, teach somehow consult, yeah. mm -hmm. consult uh, on on that. And we got a, a very interesting feedback from from the sales. And we have also a team in, on the LSA that we call the impact team that is working with organizations. We are right now on, on COP27. We are on Egypt there. So uh, we try to be on on all the forums where these kind of problems are being discussed, no? And where ideas are thrown and tried out, etc., etc. So, uh, non-government, non-government organizations, any kind of forum there. So, so we try to be there and, and try to get the the feedback and the insights insights uh, from from the market, no? So, so that's where we get insights and, and feedback of where the the problems and where the challenges and where the opportunities uh, are and will be on on the future finally and this is uh, the last question uh, before we end um, given your insights given the research that you're doing and these three levels that you that you just mentioned um, do you see the net zero commitments achievable by 2050? Um, and do you see any setbacks, for example, right now uh, with the energy crisis, there, there, there might be one? <laughs> yeah, I think yes. I think it's achievable. Again, I'm optimistic and mm -hmm. positive. Mm -hmm. I do believe also in in, um, in technology to, to help on this. I uh, think that it's very important, the motivation of the people, of the governments, of the companies to reach the, the net zero goal. I think we had a motivation in the past year uh, related to the sustainability, related to the climate problem. But I think now we are moving an extra motivation. I think one is economic. We've seen now, in, this didn't happen 10 years or 15 years ago, but we, we do see now that renewable energies are cheaper than uh, <laughs> fossil fuel uh, energies. Mm -hmm. So we will have a strong economic motivation to move towards uh, renewable energies. And I think really this is a <laughs> real strong motivation for, for many, many people. Indeed. Uh, more than, even more than sustainability or climatic concerns. Uh, so we are going to have this. But even with the, with the war, we've seen also a, another motivation, which is geostrategic or geopolitical motivation. Yeah, for example, in Europe, we've been always highly dependent on uh, fossil fuels brought from, from abroad, from Russia, from uh, Saudi Arabia, from uh, any kind of um, other 
continents, I would say. Uh, yeah. We don't have fossil fuels, but with the renewable energies, we have the opportunity to, to become energy independent. So there will be another motivation uh, on the geopolitical aspects to move towards uh, renewable energy. No, So uh, I'm very, very optimistic uh, on, on this aspect. I think on energy uh, and energy generation, it will be... Uh, I'm not going to say easy, but it's going. Is uh, we already know the path. There are challenges on some uh, industries like uh, ships, like uh, airplanes, airplanes, where I think we need to set up also this kind of motivations that we've done for the energy uh, market, and mm -hmm. uh, we need to to do the same for for this. Uh, let's say fossil fuel consumers to move towards a. Um, a greener option no still first of all we need to invest on getting the right green option i think green hydrogen or green methane could be a, a, a good alternative but we really need to set up this this kind of motivations uh, just not uh, rely on the goodwill of uh, of the companies on on the sustainability problems but really generate economic generate uh, strategic or geopolitical uh, motivations for for these companies to to move and then facilitate the movements no from from the government perspective no? we, we we've seen uh, sometimes the governments are the ones that are starting to move but then they are very slow or too slow and they become a little bit of um, uh, bottleneck on 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 some progress no i mean this can happen on energy for example now the demand of installing renewable energies etc is so huge that some governments are struggling to to provide the the licenses uh, etc so really we need to be ambitious there and and ask the governments not to become bottlenecks and where they there is this lack of motivations generate the motivations for the for the private sector to move to towards sustainability options no? once this is done i mean if there is the right motivation i do believe on people i do believe on on that we can achieve together a, a lot of things and i mean there are 18 years uh, <laughs> to 2050 there is a lot but also very few. So we need to really get moving now and uh, we need to generate the right motivations. So uh, we will be moving and evolving really fast, I think. Thank you so much, Eduardo, especially for this uh, positive outlook. Um, I've learned a lot and I've uh, seen many insights that uh, will help me uh, with the future. And uh, I can only say that it's exciting to see and uh, I'm uh, happy to see technology being able to drive innovation and movement in this in this space <clears throat> thank you thank you for letting me speak and uh, it was really nice chat uh, so thank you thank you for tuning into this week's episode of incheck with fintech if you enjoyed the episode hit the like button and leave us a comment below to join the discussion We'll be having more industry leaders soon, so don't forget to subscribe as well in order to stay updated with the latest episodes of our podcast.